Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to my solo review for the Bob's Burgers movie. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin. And if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is a solo review, so it's just me. My two compadres could not join me. But yes, I'll be discussing the Bob's Burger movie, which is hitting theaters uh, May 27th. A huge thanks to 20th Century Studio Canada and Disney Studio Canada for inviting me out to an early screening so I could share my thoughts with you. Um, now, given that this is a solo review, this is going to be short and sweet, so let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Now, for a little context here, I, I just want to let everyone know, yes, I am a Bob's Burgers fan. I wouldn't say I'm a diehard fan. I, I kind of fell out of the episodes once I got rid of Cable, um, and I've watched a few episodes here and there throughout the last few years. Um, and I remember when, when I started watching it, I was I was excited based on who was who was taking part. You know, you have Christian Shaw, who's a great voice actress, H. John Benjamin, who's who's renownedly known based on his his voice, um, but also even just the idea of how different it felt from other mature animated content. You know, there's this necessity for things to be kind of overtly offensive and overtly in your face. You know, the one thing that always stood out to me about Bob's Burger that made it really special is that it wasn't overtly offensive. It was weird rather than offensive. It was quirky. It, it had its own humor that felt very different and fresh in comparison to the other mature animated content that was out there. Now, if, if, if there was any show that I could really compare Bob's Burgers to, it would be The Simpsons, in, in all honesty. Uh, there's just a real sense of family values that stay grounded to the core of both of these series. And it's very fitting because very much like the Simpsons movie, Bob's Burgers is getting the cinematic treatment for a special theatrical release. Now, the term cinematic treatment is something I just made up. Uh, there's no definition out there, and I'm going to define it as elevating the aesthetic and narrative qualities of an existing series to a place where it can look and feel and even speak like a movie for a theatrical release. Now, I know that sounds a little loose, but stick with me here. For those who have seen the Simpson movie, this will make sense. The cinematic treatment is most apparent in the Simpson movie in its hybrid 2D, 3D animation style that reimagines Springfield and the characters for the big screen. Now, this movie served as a transition for the Simpsons because this 2D, 3D animation style actually became what the series would look like then after the movie. From a narrative standpoint, the Simpson movie takes a very Simpson-centric story that deals with the fallout of Homer's blunder, but this time with the stakes raised as it has a huge impact on Springfield as it has the whole town encased in a bubble. This leaves the Simpsons to come together through all their messy family stuff to accept each other for who they are no matter what and really become the heroes of their own story. Now, even though the Simpsons has an elevated aesthetic and a higher stakes narrative thanks to the cinematic treatment, it never loses its central theme, which is The Simpsons. Now, in the case of Bob's Burgers, the show has a lot of elements in place that make it fitting for a cinematic treatment. Aesthetically, it's already a hybrid 2D, 3D animation style that doesn't need to lose itself in dialing things up, but rather embrace what can be done. It's clear that in the Bob's Burgers movie, it is aware of the kind of movies that it wants to be, and it doesn't lose itself in trying to elevate its style. 
Even the way lighting is handled throughout this movie, with the highlights and shadows, feeling more cinematic, even to convey moods and, and tension. Unlike the Simpsons movie that redefines the look and feel to be more slick and glossy through the cinematic treatment, the Bob's Burgers movie uses the cinematic treatment to enhance its existing style. Also, there's some great camera work utilized throughout the movie. This is most notable in the musical numbers in this movie, which if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, you know, musical numbers are a thing. And I think there's three or four in this movie. Um, and you can really see the cinematic treatment manifest itself through the way the camera moves through the musical numbers as it feels more spatially aware, as the camera sort of mimics shot style similar to that of La La Land. Also at the end, there's this fun action adventure piece uh, that gets a cinematic treatment that just feels elevated to create more tension in the moment, which was very fitting and really did enhance the theatrical experience. Now, from a narrative standpoint, like the Simpsons movie, the Bob's Burgers movie takes an ongoing theme of a stressed out Bob Belcher who's denied an extension on his bank loan, but thankfully it should be a busy summer or so he thought until a massive sinkhole destroys the sidewalk right outside their restaurant, which then leads to the discovery of a dead body of a former carnival worker who was killed six years prior. While this feels familiar to a down on their luck story that we're accustomed to from the Bob's Burgers series, the stakes seem to be elevated as there is now a a whodunit style murder mystery adventure that is afoot and of course some fun musical antics uh, along the way however the story is is super thin and at a certain point it feels like the bob's burgers style humor is really just padding out the time and there's a lot of time this movie's runtime is an hour and 42 minutes or 102 minutes i believe which is, is is over three episodes long, give or take. Now, for comparison's sake, the Simpsons movie that I've been referencing, it has a runtime of an hour and 27 minutes, and another favorite movie of mine, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, is only an hour and 21 minutes. So needless to say, the Bob's Burgers movie stretches its story, and it's apparent based on its inconsistent pacing. However, this is a small gripe, as the real reason anyone is going to see this movie is for its characters. And with that, let's talk about this cast because they absolutely shine, leaning into their quirky personas and really having fun. Bob, as the negative one, always doom and gloom, is complemented by the warm optimism of Linda, who, quite honestly, is a delight to hear singing in an off-key tone. I, I loved it. Um, now, as I mentioned, there is a whodunit murder mystery adventure, uh, which is actually centered around the kids, Tina, Louise, and Jean, uh, as the detectives, if you will, and putting the trio of Belcher kids uh to unravel the mystery of the murder was was perfect and, and really added to this summer adventure quality of the film. And of course, each of the kids bring their own quirky absurdities. Tina with her fantasies about butts, Gene's one-liners with, with no filter and his ingenuity uh, always afoot, and, and Louise with her stubborn nature who very much kicks off this murder mystery adventure just on the basis of, of proving a point. If anything, her character has the most growth from this movie um, and I've always seen her as just sort of the wise mouth schemer but the movie really helps define her and shed more light on 
why she is the way she is, which I think was was actually really great. All this to say that the movie doesn't lose focus about what it's trying to say or who it's about. Very much like the Simpsons movie, staying centered on the Simpsons, this movie stays centered on the Belchers. And while the movie does have them apart for most of the runtime, in the end, the movie brings them back together and keeps the message grounded in a heartfelt moral of a family being there for one another, no matter what. And that inherently feels like a Bob's Burgers story. So with that out of the way, I guess you're wondering now, what's my rating? The Bob's Burgers movie is a well-earned big screen adaptation that takes the series and gives it a cinematic treatment for a theatrical release. While the overall narrative is a bit clunky, it is very clear that things are being stretched and drawn out to meet that one hour and 42 minute runtime. But while there might be some shortcomings to the narrative quality, the Bob's Burgers movie never loses focus on what makes it special, and that's the characters. Beyond all the cinematic treatment that this spin-off movie gets from the aesthetical qualities to the narrative stakes being raised, it keeps everything grounded with the Belcher family at the center. If you're a fan of the show, you're going to love this movie. It has some loving callbacks to past episodes and a cast of characters you know and love making cameos and appearances. It's the perfect summer movie in that it's entirely approachable for all audiences because the comedy styling isn't overtly offensive. It is actually more approachable and fun and weird. Again, great summer movie to check out when it hits theaters this weekend. So I'll be giving this movie a 3.5 out of 5 burgers. Well, that's it for my solo review for the Bob's Burgers movie. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate the love. Also, I'd love to know, are you planning on checking out this movie? Are you a Bob's Burger fan and excited to see these characters on the big screen? Also, we would love to know, do you have a favorite burger joint, uh, either in Canada or, or outside of Canada, wherever you're from? Uh, let us know. You can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Also, keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content, such as our spoiler-free review for Stranger Things 4 Volume 1, where we get back to the Upside Down and talk about this fantastic new season ahead of its release, uh, which is actually this Friday as well, May 27th on Netflix. So definitely want to check that out before the series drops on Netflix. And also we have our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled reviews for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, plus our interview with writer Michael Waldron and director Sam Raimi. And be sure to keep your eye open for new content always coming out, like our latest watch club that'll be starting later this week for Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, where we'll be breaking things down week to week, episode to episode, like only geek-centric. Plus, we also have our watch club starting later in June for Ms. Marvel. And we may have another watch club in the works. We're still figuring it out uh, for The Boys Season 3. Got to see if we can fit it all in. So be sure to subscribe so you know when our latest episodes drop. But until then, I appreciate you. Peace. <laughs>